Maria Fleming, who is the Chief Executive Officer of the First Fortnight Mental Health, Art and Culture Festival. So Maria should be joining us on the phone. Maria, can you hear us all right? I can indeed. Ah, good morning all. Yeah. Good morning, Maria. How are you? Very good, very good. So, Maria, you're the CEO, as we were saying, of the First Fortnight Mental Health, Art and Culture Festival. Quite a mouthful and quite a big concept for something like this. Could you tell us about this festival and how it came about and what its intention is? Yes, so First Fortnight came about uh, following a conversation between two friends sitting at a kitchen table in Tala in Dublin 11 years ago and they were discussing the topic of mental health and both of them had been impacted in different ways by the issue of mental health and in particular they were discussing how the stigma or the prejudice around mental health really added to the um, the problems for people and they wondered what could they do to address that and they were both actually involved with the arts as well and they came up with the idea of let's have an arts festival where the artists explore the topic of mental health, where audiences are then introduced to the issue in a gentle, creative and non-threatening way. And in, you know, unscripted conversations could happen that way. And maybe that could form part of breaking down the stigma that's attached to mental health. And 11 years later, and the two friends, David Keegan and J.P. Swain, have both moved on. And I've taken up the mantle, which I'm delighted to do. And we're running um, the festival yet again this year. And the first fortnight title obviously gives away the timing of the festival. We happen the first two weeks of the year every year. And that's deliberate um, because the first two weeks of January post the Christmas holiday break can be a really tricky time for people and particularly for people who may be feeling isolated as a result of mental health concerns. Yeah. I suppose, Maria, you know, we all regard Christmas as being a joyous time and everything else. And it is for an awful lot of people. But there's a lot, of, uh, quite a cohort of people that do not enjoy Christmas. Or even exactly. And... Uh, it's known as a time for family and that's great for people if they have, you know, a strong, loving, positive relationship with their family. But we know that that's not the case for everybody and uh, relationships, including family relationships, can be fraught and there can be all sorts of um, complications and issues there. So we have to be cognizant that Christmas um, can be a trigger time potentially for some people mm. or if people have experienced loss or a disconnection from family or friends, then this time of year where we're all talking about gathering and reconnecting uh, can be upsetting for them. So First Fortnight is an opportunity for people to gather and connect uh, with friends, with artists, with the community that are connected to the festival and, um, you know, have a chat with somebody about what's going on for them, how they're feeling, and hopefully also enjoy some really positive artistic activities. And we have um, events across film, theatre, dance, music, spoken word. So there's something to suit every taste and every age group, I think. Um, this morning, I'm about to, as soon as I get off the phone here, I'm jumping in the sea with a group of people in <laughs> Santa Cove at our eco-coastal event. Uh, so I'm trying to build up some bravery while I'm on the phone to you here. Um, so are, are that's you a regular sea swimmer? That we have. 
Yeah. I have not. I'm a Christmas Day sea swimmer. <laughs> That's very brave anyway. Yeah. I hope you've got your dry robe handy, Maria, with a nice uh, warm I've, lining. I've robbed, I've robbed my niece's dry robe. So thank you very much, Katie O'Byrne, for the loan of a dry robe for the day so I can fit in and pretend I'm part of the sea swimming gang. Well, coming back to the festival itself, Maria, um, you mentioned about the very wide range of different activities that are available for people to engage with, I suppose. And this year in particular, you've got the theme for the festival of Open. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about how that theme relates to 2022 and to the festival's objectives in particular? Yes. Um, so in 2021, the festival went completely online because that's where we were in January 2021 in terms of restrictions, as we all remember. Sure. And in 2022, we were hopeful um, that we would be able to open and and have more live events and that has been the case we do have um, a, a large number of live events some of them have had to move from an eight o'clock start time to a six o'clock start time and we've had to change the capacities on some to 50 percent but we have live theater and dance in smock alley in dublin and we have this coastal event obviously which is outdoors and unable to happen <laughs> So part of the opening was opening up again, but also the theme is representing that we're open-minded, we're open-hearted, and we're open to discussions with people. We want to meet people where they're at on their journey in exploring the issue of mental health, and we're open to having a conversation with our audience and with our artists. Well, I see, in fact, that <clears throat> unfortunately it's been postponed, but one of your events is actually a conversation salon, which I presume is about the very topic you've just mentioned. I also believe you've got a couple of events that are Claire-based. Could you tell us something about those? Yes, absolutely. So Kishton and Love and Courage podcast, those events, um, they're two separate events run by Susan Quirk and Rory McKiernan, who are a couple actually based down in Clare. And Kishton is an old favourite for First Fortnight. We've been running this a couple of years and would normally happen in person, but this year is happening online. And it's a gathering of musicians. And the title Kishton actually came from the idea of a session in somebody's kitchen. Mm -hmm. But previously, it's run in um, venues. But this year, because we're online, the, it actually is happening in Susan Quirk's um, kitchen in Clare there. And she, um, Susan is a musician herself, and she'd be performing songs from her new album. And Colm McAnumara, who will be known to oh, music fans. Yeah fantastic musician he's also participating um as is singer songwriter and gallery and uh award-winning uh, writer and poet grace wells is participating in that as well and kishton is next thursday the 13th at 7 p.m online now it's um free or a pay what you feel donation um, and mm. but you do need to register if you want to watch that online i think it'd be a beautiful event with some great musicians and then the love and courage podcast um, rory mckiernan will be speaking to senator lynn ruan and um, many people will know senator lynn ruan and the work that she has done uh, looking at addiction and the impact that poverty has 
on addiction. And Lynn and Rory are going to speak about mental health and the impact that poverty has uh, on mental health in terms of services available to people or the impact for communities that um, have that are addressing the issue of poverty as well as mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And that's another Clare-based festival and that event, and that's going to be online. So again, people would need to register for it, isn't that right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah. So, and people can find out all the information on this on our website firstfortnight.ie so they'll get information on all the festivals and are on all the festival events and we've a large portion of the events are now happening online and many of them are free but they do require you to register in advance to get the link to join in well i certainly know having looked a little bit at the program here there are several of them i'd like to uh, register for myself uh, particularly, I've just noticed um, the open-hearted uh, conversation, which is a conversation with Anne Ingle, who yes, uh, Roshin, If anyone is a, an Irish Times reader, they'll know Roshin Ingle's work, and Anne Ingle, I believe, is Roshin's mum, and uh, that's right. She's just published her first book, and um, it's a very interesting memoir, which I'm looking forward to reading at some stage as well. And that's on the 11th of January. So really throughout that, the next couple right. of weeks, so, yeah, you've got lots of things happening. Yes, and the, I, um, we recorded, we pre-recorded the conversation with Anne Ingle this week, um, and I was part of that conversation, oh. and it's really beautiful. Anne's book is so uplifting and funny and warm and engaging, but also within that she shares the tragic story of the loss of her husband to suicide, and Anne beautifully captures the further impact that the stigma attached to that act at the time when her husband died, the stigma had a further impact on herself and her family. And she shares beautifully about that when we talk to her. But she's also her wonderful, engaging, humorous self in it. And I do have to declare a connection there because Anne Ingle and my mother are in the same writers group. So I knew Anne ahead of her her book and ahead of this event. But um, she is just just the most warm, funny, entertaining woman. And the conversation is really interesting and engaging. Well, looking forward to, to registering that uh, for, for that and hearing that event. Um, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, Maria, was really the continuing work of First Fortnight. It's not just something that happens once a year, is it? No, that's right. So we have a year-round activity, which is our creative therapy services. And this is art therapy. And we do music therapy, art therapy, drama therapy and dance therapy with a population that are um, frequently underserviced. And that's people who are in homelessness or at risk of experiencing homelessness. And we work with children, young adults and adults. And year round, we have a panel of therapists who are all ICAT accredited and they work in therapy with this population of people who are homeless or at risk of homeless. And through creative therapy services, try and um, develop 
tools for resilience um, for those individuals. And our work can only happen uh, because we get such great support during the two weeks of the festival and donations from the general public. So I'd like to take the opportunity to thank people who have already very generously and kindly donated to First Fortnight and the festival. And please be aware that your money is put to good use providing creative therapy services for children, young adults and adults who are in homelessness. So that's one of the reasons why when one might book for this, there's an opportunity to donate on the web page, I think, isn't there? That's right, yes. If people um, have the uh, capacity to do that, we would greatly appreciate it. And our children's services, the creative therapy services, are also funded by the Late Late Toy Show Appeal. So if any of your listeners donated to the Late Late Toy Show Appeal, which I'm sure many of them did, uh, we really appreciate it because um, some of that funding has come to First Fortnight for our services for children. And another thing that occurs to me is, you know, with the whole onset of covid and the huge impact that that's made on everybody's life, no matter who we are living in Ireland today, COVID has had a, an effect on us, most unfortunately for some people too. And I think in particular, it's created an awareness of mental health as, an, as a need in society. In other words, everyone has had to pay a lot more attention to our own mental health because of the circumstances, the confinement, if you like, and the isolation and the lack of opportunity to socialise that it has brought about. So do you think the stigma or prejudice around mental health is diminishing, possibly, because of this? Absolutely. I um, feel that uh, there is much more discussion and people are much more open to having that conversation. And I think it has come closer to home. I think there are probably people who felt uh, very robust in their own mental health, who have had that challenged by the experience of isolation and disconnection that the uh, pandemic has brought to us all. Um, and we really welcome the conversation that people are having now around mental health and the care that people are taking of their own mental health. And I think we all became aware of the power of the arts to help us in that area and the healing that could bring. Once we went into lockdown, many people turned to books, to music, to film, um, to support them and their mental health through that time. And what we would like to do is to continue that conversation because while, um, again, going back to our theme of open while the recent experiences we all have had may make us open to having a conversation about maybe anxiety or depression, um, we need to also be open to having conversations about bipolar or schizophrenia or OCD and the more severe end of the mental health illnesses and the, the spectrum that we can have. So it's to break down that stigma because through research that we've done in First Fortnight over the year, we have found that many people delay seeking help for mental health as a result of the stigma and the fear of the reaction that they might receive or any prejudice that it might uh, cause them in terms of their work or their family or relationships. So without the stigma, people might seek help earlier and earlier help um, and treatment is always preferable. And I think too that information and education about 
mental health issues, particularly on that more difficult side of the spectrum, a more severe side of the spectrum, are, you know, helpful to a general understanding. And that would contribute perhaps again to the diminishing of stigma and prejudice. Because if people hear, you know, terms like schizophrenia, when people have no real knowledge of what that really means and how people who are affected by it can live with it uh, successfully, you know, there is a fear that there is a fear around the unknown always with things. Isn't that the case? Exactly. I agree completely with you that um, that a lot of the conversations that we could be having around these topics don't happen out of a fear, exactly like you say, of the unknown. So if we can have those conversations, if we can share information, if we can educate people about it, it's going to make it less, um, uh, there'll be less fear around it and more of an openness. And um, I do think like not out of badness but sometimes out of fear um, friends or family may shut down a conversation about mental health for fear of saying the wrong thing or making something worse or triggering but actually we believe that shining a light on something and opening it up and talking uh, is always um, you know a, a benefit and will always lead to improvement so we're trying to um, dispel some of that fear around the issues of mental health which as you rightly point out can be just from a lack of knowledge or a lack of information and if we have less fear and more openness around the topic it's going to make it easier for us to have those conversations and to support people well the certainly the festival's theme this year of being open as you've described it Uh, seems to be going in that direction and so I'd like to thank you very much for the time you've given us today and I'd like to just Tom would like to add in something here as well I'm just going to turn over to him. Maria I believe you're no stranger to East Clare is that correct? That's right. Um, So I have a a good friend, Orla Sheedy, who lives in Tune Graney, and I have spent uh, many a day and a night down around Tune Graney and Scarif, and it's a beautiful part of the country. Um, So I can kind of, as I'm talking to you, I'm picturing myself uh, down there and in the environs. And then my brother also lives um, kind of between Milltown, Malbay and Ennis Diamond. So I'm no stranger to Clare at all. And in fact, spent my own Christmas down in Ennis Diamond with my brother this year. Good, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're talking about going sea swimming and can tell you that there's the new, uh, I suppose, once a craze, but the new fashion around here is swimming in the lake and even over the Christmas, Christmas day. And I live uh, quite near the lake and two, three mornings a week at least, there's a bunch of ladies in particular that will gather and go in for a quick dip. And a two-mile gate there near Killaloo is regular as well. And at Mount Shannon Harbour. So it's so you don't just have to go to the sea to have a quick dip at any time of exactly. year. Exactly. And my friend Orla Sheedy is one of those women <laughs> that goes swimming in the lake. Yeah. So a big shout out to the lake swimmers in Tube Grady and Scarf. Yes, 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 yes. They, they had a big fundraiser on Christmas morning in Mount Shannon and it was very well supported. So, and Great. Marie, look. Next time you're down, give a shout and we'll have a chat with you in person when you're down in East Clare. When things return to uh, more normal, I suppose, you know, but thank you for taking the time to talk to us. I look forward to it. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. Great to talk to you, Maria. Thanks so much for giving us your time and the very best of luck with this year's first festival fortnight. Thank you. Bye. 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 Bye.